one day they celebrating on twelfth Rabi al Awal. Now in many Muslim countries um, they actually celebrate it every single Monday. And um, I was in Malaysia recently and um, that's what we did. We celebrated it every single Monday. And um, I just hope to bring this tradition back here and I thought I'll just give you a little intro. Okay, um chorus uh, everybody knows the Nasheed Ya Nabi Salam Alaika. Okay, so when the chorus comes, then I want everybody to, if they know the lyrics, to just sing along. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem Salam alaika, 
يا حبيب سلام عليك صلوات الله عليك مرحبا مرحبا يا نور عيني مرحبا مرحبا جد الحسين مرحبا يا رسول الله أهلا مرحبا بك إنك بن سعد مرحبا مرحبا يا نور عيني مرحبا مرحبا جد الحسين مرحبا وبجاه يا إلهي مرحبا جود وبلغ كل مقصد مرحبا مرحبا يا نور عيني مرحبا مرحبا جد الحسين مرحبا واهدنا سبيلي مرحبا بيبه نسعد ونرشد مرحبا مرحبا يا نور عيني مرحبا مرحبا جد الحسين ربي فاغفر لي ذنوبي يا الله ببركة الهادي محمد يا الله ربي بلغ بجاهي يا إله الله في في جوار خير مقعد يا الله ربي فاغفر لي ذنوبي يا الله ببركة الهادي محمد يا الله وصلاة الله نقشى يا الله أشرف الرسل محمد يا الله ربي فاغفر لي ذنوبي يا الله ببركة الهادي محمد يا الله وسلام مستمر يا الله كل حين يستجدد يا الله ربي فاغفر لي ذنوبي يا الله ببركة الهادي محمد يا الله That's the end of one and um, if do we have time for another? Okay. I don't have to go for that. You don't have to? Okay. Let him do one. Yes, okay. Why not? <laughs> Next one is um <coughs> Well, for those who all uh, who understand Arabic, I'm sure the Sheikh understands this one's quite deep form of poetry and it's one of my favorite pieces of poetry so I'm going to start Talama ashku gharami ya nur al-wujud Talama ashku gharami ya nur al-wujud wa unadi ya dihami ya ma'din al-jud wa Yeah, <laughs> 
Sophia, you're sitting in the back there. So if there are brothers coming, they can sit in the back. You move, come here, both of you. Let them move forward. Somebody come later on, then we don't have to move around. Yeah, and it makes it easier for 
the sisters to sit properly and the brothers to sit properly. Assalamu alaikum. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawm al-deen. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yabqahu qawli. Rabbi awdainna nashkur an'amataka allati an'amta alayya wa ala walidayya wa na'amala salihan tarda. Alhamdulillah. It is good that we are here together uh, this afternoon to study, inshallah, and to learn. Because learning is a compulsory duty upon the Muslims. You cannot choose to study, you have to study, you have to learn. And Rasulullah says, Farida, seeking knowledge is a compulsory act upon the Muslim. Muslim upon every Muslim man and Muslim woman. And subhanAllah, as if he knew there will come a time when the men will become a little bit selfish and they say it's only for the men, women should sit at home. But he said, And in his time, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told 7,000 women, of which I always remind people, 700 women reported hadith. Not every companion reported hadith. But 7,000 women were taught and 700 became muhadithat. And the stories are written. And the greatest of them is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Now we are meeting on the last Sunday of the month that they call Salam Sunday so that we can come and bring a little bit of understanding to certain words or terminology in Islam for those who are Muslims or those who are not Muslims, so that we can understand and appreciate religion in general and our religion in particular. Okay? Okay? I think we should write pull. <laughs> Which is there. Because everybody comes, pushes. So, today's word we're going to discuss, and I remind myself and you, we discussed in the first session the word salam. In the second session, the word qalb. Salam meaning peace and qalb meaning heart. Today we are talking about rahma, which is mercy. It's a small word, but it has a huge implication for the physical living and the spiritual life. Here and hereafter. And for every creature Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And for everything. And I would like you to listen to me because I'm going to go through the word and to concentrate on it in the sense of what is in it for us. So I was sitting just before I came thinking, what am I going to talk about? So I'm going to talk about what is Rahma, what is mercy, the first thing. And number two, who is the merciful? Very important question. And number three, when are we shown mercy? When are we shown mercy? And when are we supposed to show that mercy? Okay, These are three areas I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to concentrate mainly about mercy itself and its source. Because at the end of the day, it is our duty to understand. If we don't understand, then we need to seek clarification. What I'm going to say now in the hour or so, it is for you just to take and then go and investigate yourself. Question. Ponder, seek clarification. 
Allah said in the Quran, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim, Was'alu Ahlal Dhikri In Kuntum La Ta'lamun. And do ask the people of remembrance, if you don't know. Or do ask the people of the scripture, like the Holy Quran, or the Torah, or the Bible. Because in those books, there is the answers. Especially in the Quran. Allah said, وَمَا فَرَّطْنَا فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ We have not left anything out of the Holy Book. It's there. The Christian have it, the Jews have it. Other people who received books and there is proper messages in them, they have it. And alhamdulillah, we as Muslims, we have it. We can't deny that we don't have it. But I will show you in a minute how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains this. Allah says in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قل لمن في السماوات والأرض قل لمن ما في السماوات والأرض قل لله كتب على نفسه الرحمة ليجمعنكم إلى يوم القيامة لا ريب فيه الذين خسروا أنفسهم فهم لا يؤمنون فهم لا يؤمنون صدق الله العظيم Now this is Surah Al-An'am verse number 12 Surah Al-An'am the cattle in the Quran the Surah called the cattle or the chapter called the cattle verse number 12 read it and reflect upon it one of the most beautiful things about reading is suddenly something grasp your heart or cling to your mind and you can't go beyond it I'm sure you have this experience some people just pass it by but the one who have an inner sight will go back to it never leave anything without going back take it out think about it ask about it read about it even if you have to spend to the rest of your life do because what are you going to do Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam was traveling once in the desert and he was alone. And you know Isa alayhi salam, he is the only prophet that almost lived his life alone. He was always outside. They say he never had a roof over his head. He never had a roof over his head. If there is zuhd, okay, inclination towards moving towards the hereafter rather than this world and working for the hereafter, it is Isa. He was a zahid. He was a man who sold the world for the hereafter. So you see him all the time with the fishermen. You see him all the time with the desert men. You see him all the time in the market. You never hear about him in a house and in a comfortable bed. No. So he found this man, a very, very old man. And you people used to live long. And subhanAllah, when he saw him, it was hot, but he had no shelter. He had no proper bed to sit on or a seat. And he was worshipping. So he came, assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Wa alaikum assalam, the man replied. He said, if only you can build yourself a shelter. It is terrible to see you like this and in your old man. He said, oh Isa, alayhi salam, I'm going to live over 700 years. I have almost lived most of it. Because I know. But I promise myself, I will never tire from consistently worshipping Allah the way I am worshipping Him. I want to fulfill my mission. He created me to worship Him. I'm not going to stop. He said, but you could do that while you're having a shelter or a comfort zone that you can go to. He said, come with me. There is a cave next to him. He took him inside. There is a bed of, from a rock and lying on it, a, a skeleton of a man on his head or forehead, there is a 
a stone there, slap a stone, written on it from that man who died. He says, I lived over a thousand years and I was a king who fought over a thousand battles. I won every battle. I married over 1,000 women. Everything I wanted, I got and I succeeded in. However, however, I lost at the end everything. And I was looking for a loaf of bread and I couldn't find it. And this is the way my life ended. So for those who come after me, don't waste your time collecting from this world, built for the hereafter. They said, oh, Isa, can't you see that? Isa said to him, what do you think if I told you there will come a time people will live less than a hundred years? He says, by Allah Almighty God, if I come to be living in that time, I will spend most of that time in one sajda, one prostration for Allah. Because for him, to live 700, 800, 900 is quite a long time. We, how long should we live? The average life now in the world about 50. Serious, the average life is 50. In the West, people live over 70. In places like Africa and some part of Asia, people live about 30, 35, 40, average age. So when you average it together, about 50. So for that man, 50 years is nothing. Yeah, just like in our life now, if we live to 70, 80 years old, 10 years is nothing. Yeah, you could spend it doing anything. So, Allah is saying, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this verse addressing Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu say to them, meaning the people who is inviting to Allah, say to them, to whom the heaven and the earth belong, and everything in them, to whom they belong. They will tell you to the Creator. To the one who created them. Because by nature we know anybody who makes anything, it belongs to him. Tell them the creator then had written it upon himself to be merciful. The creator had written it upon himself to always be merciful. So mercy is the essence of the creator. Nothing else. And he will gather you together in the day of judgment and there is no doubt in that never doubt it in fact a believer must believe in Allah and the last day these are two fundamentals because if you believe in Allah then you will tend to take from him and if you believe in the last day then you will avoid the wrong and you will encourage yourself to do the good because you know there is Jannah and Nar Paradise and Hell those who lost themselves by trying to find their own answer from within or from those who have no knowledge they do not believe Allah says they do not believe this verse when I read it and reflect upon it what interests me the portion in which Allah says ala the creator who created the heaven and the earth and everything that within themselves although he owned them and he can do anything with them he had written it upon himself to be merciful and to show mercy at all times. Why this interests me? Because when we become arrogant, when we become tyrant, and people ask us, why are you doing this? 
The answer we give always, it belongs to me. I own it. I made it. I invented it. It is mine. I can do whatever I want with it. Even to our children sometimes. If you have a tough father or mother, say, excuse me, you belong to me. I can do anything. Is it true? No. That's not Allah's way. If our nature is from Allah, because the spirit comes from Allah, then we should always be like him. The Prophet said in the hadith, beautiful hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa Do conduct yourself with the conduct of Allah. Do conduct yourself with the conduct of Allah. One of the conduct of Allah is to show mercy. So if you really believe in Allah, you must always show mercy. Before anything else of your attribute can be shown to the others in interaction with them, or when you are interacting with them, it should always be the mercy side. This word Rahma is four letters. Ra, and Ha, and Mim, and Ta. Like I did with the other word, I'm going to look at this word from the point of view of the names of Allah. This is the way we do it so that we can reflect deeper into the word. You can look into it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, For Allah are the most beautiful names. When you need him, call him by those names. So I'm going to bring some names of Allah into this letter or four letter words. The Ra. What are they in the names of Allah linked to the Ra? Number one, Ra'afa. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ra'uf. Ra'afa means leniency or gentleness. So the one who's showing this mercy is lenient by nature. You cannot be a merciful human without being lenient. And I'll tell you why. Number two, Rabb. Rabb literally means the one who have a responsibility to look after someone or some people. Like in Arabic we say, Rabbul Bayt or Rabbatul Bayt. The father of the house or the mother of the house or the master or the Lord. Okay? As Allah is Rabb because he created it is upon him to sustain his creation. In this country, there is a law. When you have children, until they are 16, you must look after them. Feed them, water them, dress them, shelter them, discipline them, educate them, otherwise you go to prison. Why? Because it's your responsibility. Because there is, you brought them to this world. So that means it is linked to the creation of Allah. Allah created everybody, and everyone under him is sustained through the word Rabb. And then, Rafi'. Rafi'a means from Riva'a, the one who will raise. And those who believe in him, he will raise them into different ranks. Not all of us in the same rank. Don't be naive in thinking that always there is up, middle, and down. No, no. Like we say, for example, upper class, middle class, and poor class. Believe me, in the middle class, there are classes, and in the poor class, there are classes. <laughs> in the poorest part in India, in Bombay, okay, there is a district whereby it is people who have nothing, but there are millionaires living there. And you know how they make their millions? From the rubbish of the rich people. They shown some of, one of them in the television, as I was watching a program, he's a millionaire. He, he manufactures goods within that area. Small little part of India, I don't know what's called it in Bombay can't remember the name but so you can't say just I am poor what kind of poor are you 
Okay? This is something very, very important. Because literally, poor meaning faqir. Faqir meaning the one who have got nothing. We all have something. So we need to think about that. And then, we can go on and look at the two names of Allah, Rahman and Rahim. Allah is the beneficent and Allah is the merciful. And then I will talk about them in details. They come from the word Rahma itself. This word Rahma is mentioned in the Quran 79 times. Rahma, 79 times. I look at it from the mathematical point of view. Why 79 times Allah said Rahma, Rahma, Rahma? In 33 surahs. Why 33 surahs? People say, well, we don't need to look at that. I want to look at that. My reason is, he asked me to ponder. He asked me to reflect. He asked me to make sure that whatever is in front of me, I should not just accept it as it is. I can question it. Hence, there is no compulsion. Even in believing in him, I am free. He gave me the free will. Subhanallah, when I look at 79 times the mention of the word Rahma in the Quran, the equivalent Arabic word to that, if I look at the letters out of the mathematical okay, numbers or digit, is the word Ata' or Ta'at. Obey. As if it tells me, listen, in order for you to be shown mercy, you must obey the one who is the source of mercy. Number two, it's mentioned in 33 surahs, and subhanAllah, ajib, it was strange. The Prophet said, after every salah, you should say, subhanAllah, how many times? 33. And alhamdulillah, how many times? 33. Wallahu akbar, how many times? 33. And you finish making one, la ilaha illallah. Why 33? I always ask myself, why 33? Why not 30? Why not 10? Why not 15? What does 33 in Arabic letters mean? Jal. Allahu Jalla, Jalaluhu. Okay? Jal. Jalal is a very beautiful word in Arabic. It means reflected inner power. Reflected inner power. Some people have it, some people don't have it. You will have Jalal in you when inside your heart there is true fear of God. Then it will have it. Because there is a hadith of Rasulullah in which he says, Whosoever okay, fears the humans or the creatures, Allah will make him frightened from everything. And whosoever fears Allah, Allah will make everything and everyone frightened from him. You don't look mean or ugly or frightening or like a beast. No, no. You look good, but people worry about you. Oh, let me see who is this person. You can't approach. There is security. They are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the number of the word itself, Rahma, like when sometimes pass through shops, Pakistani shops especially, some people say, strange. They write 786. What does that mean? <laughs> it is just a letter, Bismillah Rahman Rahman Rahim, in numbers. You add them together. The number of this is. Six four eight. Six four eight. The significance is because Allah said in the Quran said, Oh you who believe, remember Allah a lot. 
It's why we do numbers. Imagine if now at your work they told you, well, come anytime you want. You will go as you like. You sleep 10 o'clock, you don't mind, okay. They're not going to question me, I'm going to go there and get there by 11, 12. Okay? You have got something to do, you go there by 3. You don't feel like going, you don't feel like going. But therefore, to make it a disciplined okay, period of time to manage the time you are doing to achieve something in your work, they say come from 9 to 5, or from 10 to 6, whatever. It's measured. So here, when we give numbers for dhikr, some people ask, why should we make accounting for number? Why are you carrying beads? The idea is so that I know what I am doing. Because if I said, well, I'm going to remember Allah a lot. Today, I remember him 10 times. Tomorrow, I remember him 100 times. Never. The third day. If you give yourself a number, then you will do it every day, properly, consistently. So I will say to those who are inclined towards worshipping Allah, if you really have something difficult in your life, or a door is not open for you, and you have any name that you like of Allah, and you want to ask by that name, if it can fulfill what you want, then read it 648 times. Because Rahma, when you translate it into letters, it's Rahma and four letters. But when you translate it to mass, it's three digits. 648. 648. As I said, from Rahma come two names of Allah. Rahman or Rahim. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned his name Rahman 57 times. And he mentioned his name Rahim 95 times. And subhanallah, he says, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ And my mercy encompasses everything. So here we come to the meaning of Rahma. In English, the translation is mercy. However, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained it in a very beautiful way. He said, Rahma is leniency, gentleness. Can we move forward, please, those people? Forward. Leniency, gentleness, kindness, compassion. All these words, when you put them together, they are within Rahma or Mercy. However, if you take Rahma or Mercy and portion it to a hundred portions, Allah has done everything for this lower world or fairest life in one portion, one percent, under his name Ar-Rahman, because it is a must and it must be done. He created everything, therefore it is upon him to look after everything and everyone, meaning to sustain them, not by force, not by harshness or wickedness, but by gentleness and kindness and a show okay, of leniency in every attribute that you are in. Allah always is nice to you. He gives you. Nobody is left out. So, 
whether it is the heavens and whatever in them, the earth, whatever in it, or any other thing we know or we don't know, under the name Rahman, we exist. Therefore, we say Allah Rahman al Dunya. Allah is the compassionate for the lower world. However, the 99% or 99 portions, Rasulullah says, it is for the hereafter. But in the hereafter, he is going to show his true, real mercy. Whatever mercy you receive now, multiply it by 99 times for the hereafter. What a loser you will be if in the day of judgment, you're not going to be shown mercy. What a loser you will be. So you need to make sure whatever you do here should be only for the one portion. But whatever you want for the hereafter, you should use your inner to do 99 times over. What I mean is, if I'm trying to just live my life and do things for myself, I should not worry myself too much, whether I wear nice clothes or not nice clothes, as long as I'm clean and tidy and presentable. Whether I live in an expensive house or poor house, whether I have a car or not have a car, whether I eat or not eat properly or proper food, it's not important. One percent, I will give that. But to help those who are helpless, to feed this, those people who are hungry, to water those who are thirsty, to go out and help those who are unable to help themselves in whatever situation, to go out and do good, I will spend 99 time of my energy because this is not going to be for here, it's going to be for the hereafter. I'm going to give you an example of that. If you look at the rulers of the past, the Egyptians, the Pharaohs, the Romans, the Greek, the Persian, until today, although they lived 6,000 years, 10,000 years, three, four, five thousand years ago, but today you can see their legacy. What legacy they left behind? It's in buildings. The pyramids, it's a sign of the Pharaohs. But what benefit? really is going to be taken from these pyramids for the hereafter for them. Nothing. They oppressed people. They acted with harshness. They never shown mercy. Only to themselves. Selfishly. So today when we go into the graves, we find them not just buried by themselves when they die, but even their servants, some of their army, some of their beloved, some of their wealth. They, instead of leaving the wealth outside for people to use, they buried it. Is it going to benefit them in the day of judgment? Allah said in the Quran, In the day of judgment, no wealth, no family or children will be of benefit for you. Only who will come to Allah with a pure, clean heart. So we need to purify the heart and cleanse it for that reason. If you look at the Greek as well, people go today to Athens to see the glory of those great people who worship different gods. The god of this, the god of that. Nothing. Nothing I can see they have left other than that. Even the people who left some knowledge, they were not really following their teaching. They were against what they were doing. And they left something to do with mass of science. <laughs> then you look at the Romans, the same thing. Their legacy is buildings. What did Isa left as a legacy? What did Musa leave as a legacy? What did Ibrahim leave as a legacy? What buildings? 
What towers? What is statues for themselves? But unfortunately today, we have leaders who want their statue to be put, to be shown outside. Even in this country, with all the knowledge we have in the technology, you go and look at somebody, they want their statue to be revealed. It's sad, because that is not the importance. You're wasting all your energy for the success that is momentary, and that is only for this short period we live in this world, and it's never going to benefit you in the hereafter. So we need to reflect upon Rahmah from the point of view of that we have a responsibility under the name Rahman, and we have a benefit to gain under the name Rahim. A responsibility under Rahman, whoever we look after, we must show mercy to them. A father to his children, a teacher to his students, a prophet to his learners, a messenger to the community or the people who he was sent to, and Allah upon his creation. This is a must. Everyone must show mercy in that sense under the name Rahman. Okay? You must give from you some benefit to someone whom you look after. You can't neglect them. It's not humane. It's not natural. Suddenly, you have children and say, well, I don't care. Imagine you go home with a, a child and you say, Mom, what's, what's for cooking? Nothing. What are we going to eat? I don't know. But mama, I'm hungry. I don't care. <laughs> how would you feel? I always tell the children in the school, they always say, but how are I going to live? I say, well, next time when your mother says to you, could you tidy your room? I say, um, why should I? <laughs> Go and brush your teeth. I'm not doing it. So with that kind of responsibility come obedience. Husband and wife, parents and children, prophet and followers, okay, messenger and people, and so on. Boss in the, in the job and employees, under Rahman only. So don't think as the boss you have to be a tyrant and you have to be strict and you have to be shouting and you have to be. No, no. Be lenient. It's very, very important that you understand this. However, when we come to the name Rahim, okay, merciful, <laughs> here you have to strive hard. And I will tell you later on why you have to strive because. It will show you that at the end of the day, the more you do of that, because you're not doing it as a duty, the more closer to you Allah be to you become and the more benefit you receive in the hereafter, insha'Allah. Okay? Allah said in the Quran, in Surah Al-Ankabut, verse 50, the spider. Oh Muhammad sallallahu remember, those who disbelieved in my signs, the signs of Allah, and his meeting in the day of judgment or the day of resurrection, they are the one who despaired from my mercy. So anybody who doesn't believe in Allah, he doesn't believe in the signs of God, he doesn't believe okay, in the existence of life as it is, initiated by the creator for a purpose and for a reason, he is somebody who, he has despaired. He didn't use his faculty of thinking physically or using his inner initiative of pondering from his heart 
so that he can gain something to make him understand and realize it is bigger than just eating and drinking and having fun. It's bigger than that. Many people don't understand. Hence, the question comes, who is the merciful one? Ultimately, the merciful one is Allah. Allah says in the Quran, قُلْ هُوَ الرَّحْمَانَ آمَنَّا بِهِ Say to them, O Muhammad, it is he, the source of mercy, and we believe in him. From him comes everything. And to him returns everything. And then, the parent. Allah says in the Quran, Luqman, the wise man in the surah called Luqman, telling his son, Anishkur li wali walidayka. Allah is telling Luqman to tell his son that he must be grateful to him, Allah, and to the parent. All of us must show respect where it is due from Allah because he created us and he's sustaining us and we must show respect to our parents because they brought us to this world and they are looking after us or they have looked after us. Very, very important. Many people don't understand. Al-Khaliq, Al-A'la, Al-Akbar, who Allah. The higher, the creator, Allah Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he created us. But the parents are in a similar position because Without them coming together, mother and father, we will not be here. If you bring two males to have a child, they can't. If you bring two females to have a child, they can't. But if you bring a male and a female, you can. It's the way for Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just in human, in every creature Allah created. Everyone. Whether it is plants, fish, birds, or whatever it is. Human, jinn, it has to be. The only ones who are excluded from this are the malaika, because they are neither male nor female. And this is very important for us to understand. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ربنا وسعت كل شيء رحمة وعلمة ربنا وسعت كل شيء رحمة وعلمة This is Surah Ghafir, the one who forgives. Okay, verse 7. I always give this reference so that people can go and read themselves. There is a lot in the Quran. Our Lord, you have encompassed everything through mercy and knowledge. Our Lord, you have encompassed everything through mercy and knowledge. What does that mean? Everything Allah created, everything Allah initiated, everything Allah brought forth for existence, automatically is included in His mercy. Whether that creation knows or not, Allah knows. And every creation, Allah has given them a path to knowledge and understanding. Not just by your parents sending you to school or by you reading books or going to the internet. No, 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 no. Within you there is knowledge. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ألم نجعل له عينين Look at the human being. Didn't we give him two eyes? Of course we did. وَلِسَانًا Didn't we give him one tongue? Yes. وَشَفَتَيْنَ And two lips? Some people ask, why did Allah say, why didn't Allah say, and a mouth? Because a mouth with two lips, no tongue, you cannot speak. And with tongue, no lips, you cannot speak. But Allah says, because these are, okay, the tools for speech, you must have a tongue and two lips. وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنَ And then we have programmed unto him, in the mind, the right and the wrong. 
Even the children know that. The little toddlers, they know that. Anyone who have a little child, or a brother or a sister or a nephew or a niece, whatever, when they are two or three years old, give them a bath and dry them up and don't put clothing on them. Say, go and sit in the play or go and play outside with your brother. Will he go? Will she go? They will never say, excuse me. <laughs> Dress me up for goodness sake. I can't go like this. Why? Who taught him that to go naked is wrong? He said, modesty. And the Prophet said in the hadith, Al-Hayau min al-Iman. Modesty is faith. That's the inner faith Allah gave to you already. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encompassed his knowledge in everything. You have it. But you need to awaken it. Iman you have because already you have declared your faith. Knowledge you have, but because already Allah has put it in. Mercy you have because Allah already has. These are always programmed. But then you have to add them. Just like when you buy a laptop or a computer. There are initial programming. I'm not good at technology, but I think it comes with certain program. But if you want to add on, you can add on. Is that my right? Yes. Alhamdulillah. So I, I know a little bit of that. I don't know. But this is the way we are. Okay? Allah says in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ما يفتح الله للناس من رحمة فلا ممسك لها وما يمسك فلا مرسل له من بعده وهو العزيز الحكيم يا أيها الناس اذكروا نعمة الله عليكم هل من خالق غير الله يرزقكم من السماء والأرض لا إله إلا هو فأنا تؤفكون verse 2, 3, سورة فاطر the initiator or the creator this is a very beautiful سورة فاطر he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open a door for mankind of mercy, nobody can close that door. Alaykum salam Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come in, welcome, mashallah, alaykum wa rahmatullah, welcome. Whenever Allah open a door of mercy for people, nobody can close that door. Nobody. Can you please move a little bit? I'm so sorry. Until we go to the next, next room. Okay? Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offer a door of mercy for mankind, not for the Muslims, not for the believers, not for the Christian, not for the Jews, not for the black, not for the white, not for the sane, not for the insane, for the human in general. No one can keep that away from them. If Allah wants to show you mercy, it's going to come your way. Anything Allah wants to give to you, anything Allah wants to allow you to have, no one no one ever can take away from you. This is something that you should believe in. Makana lak fahuwalak. Wama lam yakun, lam yakun. Makana lak fahuwalak. Remember this. Makana lak fahuwalak. This is a nice wisdom. Whatever is for you is definitely yours. Wama lam yakun, and that which is not going to be, lam yakun. It will never be. Don't run after things. If all of us sitting here, I want to be the next king of England. Or the Queen of England. Can you be? <laughs> Don't waste your time. <laughs> Even by marrying in the royal family, you're not going to be. Because they're not going to allow you. You have to be English. Or European. And you have to be from a certain blood. To join. Otherwise you cannot. You understand? It's very, very important. This is something serious. If that is important for a, a line of kingship, wouldn't it be a good thing for me in a family? That's why we never find the story of the Prophet is always telling you the lineage of the Prophet. They come from a proper. So when you want to get married and when you are choosing a partner for your son or daughter or brother or sister, always look for a good chain of family. Don't just throw them anywhere like that. Because it's good like that. It's not only for royalty. 
It's for every human being. Okay? This is what Allah taught us. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can keep, okay, of his mercy, no one can bring to you. No one can bring to you. Why? Because he's the exalted and the wise. He knows exactly how to give and how to take. And an example of this, some of us, if we are given in abundance, mercy in what we live for, we neglect Allah. You might think, no, no, Sheikh, it's not true. I'm telling you. When everything is easy, we don't worship hard. When everything is hard, we kneel, we cry. <laughs> Please, <Allah. laughs> pray for me. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. When it is hard, oh. Why, when people go to Hajj and Umran, in Ramadan, in Taraweeh, you see, <laughs> they cry. From the Mashaykh who's leaving the prayer in Mecca, Medina, everywhere, and everyone is crying. Are they really crying because they have been affected through the mercy in their heart and the mercy that was poured into it by reciting the Quran or coming together as human beings, showing mercy to one another, or just because we want to be given? <laughs> That's my question. In any case, fine. For Sayyidina Abu al-Khattab says, if you find it hard to shed a tear or cry, then make yourself cry. Take some chilies or some <laughs> onions. Don't be harsh, because harshness is not a quality of a believer. Okay? So some people really make themselves cry. When you look at them, they're not really crying. <laughs> I hear a lot of people making noise, but when you look at them, they're not tears. <laughs> okay? All mankind, remember the bounty of Allah that he has brought forth to you. He didn't say ni'am in plural. He said ni'ma. All mankind. Not... All these verses I'm quoting here, not for the Muslim, not for the believers. It is only for mankind. Oh, mankind, remember the bounty of Allah upon you. But then Allah said in another verse, وَإِن تَعُدُّ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا If you want or begin to count the favors of Allah upon you, you can never count them. Let us begin. The bounty of being created. Living. You might think, well, I didn't choose that. Okay, let us take your life away. You'll be running from me in a minute. <laughs> somebody brought a guy said, okay, you don't want to live? Let us take your life. People fight for their life. When somebody is attacking you, you want to defend yourself. And therefore, say, well, I only killed him because of defending myself. Because you want to live. Nobody wants to die. Is there a crash? And there's a stampede? People forget mercy. You don't say, excuse me, I know I'm burning, but you can go. I know I'm drowning, but you can, come on, but you hold on. <laughs> think of these little things. They're really major in the way you think. When people are looking for life, looking for existence, mercy is gone. You never find people who are really in difficulty and trying to save themselves in a situation of a calamity. No. Very rare. Very rare somebody will stand to let others. There is, and they're real heroes. Okay, those who do this. Okay? Now, let another mercy of Allah or ni'mah or bounty of Allah is the bounty of being a human. Imagine if you are created not a human, a donkey, a horse, a monkey, people laughing at you. Or a sheep or a goat or a horse. Astaghfirullah. Thank God I am a human being. Imagine the bounty of having the love that happened between you and a partner in marriage. 
the children you have, the parent you have, okay? The mercy of being able, when you look into yourself, to see, to hear. And I can go on. It will never be counted. You can never diminish the number of bounties. Too many. And the greatest bounty for me is the bounty of faith. Because faith is stemmed from knowledge, the bounty of knowledge. Jazakumullah, nice. Okay? The bounty of knowledge. هل من خالق غير الله؟ أعظم أم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. إذا يا أني أضع بصيد الله هذا كريته. Some people think though. I want to see. Come on, show me your creation. What are you creating? Create for me. Because the creator create from nothing. He initiate from nothing. But he can create from things as well. We make things from things. The scientists say in chemistry. المادة لا تفنى ولا تخلق من عدم. Okay? متى can never be destroyed and can never be created from nothing. Anything. An atom. الذرة لا تفنى. If you have an atom, let it vanish. It will never vanish. It will go somewhere in space. But it will always be there. And you can never create an atom from nothing. We as humans, our only way of creating is from what exists. A carpenter needs his tools and needs the material. A builder. Whatever. You need something. But Allah can say to things, be, and they become. He says in the Quran, It is indeed, when we need to initiate anything, we will command it and it will be. Be, and it becomes. That is Allah's way. Okay? And then he linked this with the provision. He said, and he provides for you from the heavens and the earth. What does he provide from the heaven? The rain. And subhanAllah, this is one of the biggest favors. Weeks ago, we were told, this year is the worst year for drought. I was here in this country in 77, and I was told last year, 76, was the worst year for drought in this country. Many people died. They say this year it was worse as well, because the water is very, very little. And they are asking you to use little of water. But subhanAllah, now they are asking you to save yourself from floods. <laughs> and some of us were worried. And if there is no water, what are we going to eat? Look at Africa. Some places are so dry. People look in uh, Somalia. People are walking. And the mother is leaving a child behind. Because if she kept with him, all of them they will die. She want to save somebody else. Because she's so sick. To look after himself and she cannot carry all of them, she leave him behind to buy. Because there is no food, no water. So Allah is saying, I am the one who sustains you from the heavens through the rain. Okay? Well, Arab. Think a little bit. Every beautiful thing that you enjoy and test by eating comes from the earth. This earth is the most beautiful commodity Allah has created. And therefore, when we say ownership, the most highly looked up to the owners of the land, the landlords, because the land is the most important thing. But in creation, when you have a piece of land, you can grow anything in it. One small little plot, you can grow sour things, sweet things, things that smell beautiful, things that can hurt you, things that can, whatever, anything, things that look beautiful. The earth can bring everything. Just take a seed. 
or different seeds and put them. The spring now is coming and you will see how beautiful it will be. Go out to the countryside. Travel to countries whereby, mashallah, you see the growth is so beautiful. And from that, we eat. But if I said to somebody, look, I haven't got you anything. But the most precious thing I heard the man said once is the land we live on. I brought you this piece of land. And you take him in a pot, a little bit of dust. How, how much they will think about you? They're not going to think a lot about you. But it is. Your bodies come from it. All the animals and the creatures on the earth, they come from it. And when they all destroyed and die, they go into it. Even the vegetation. When the earth is destroyed, it will become just flat. A desert with nothing. The only thing that living, existing on it is the spirit of man that comes from the heaven. But the earth is very, very important. There is none worthy to be worshipped but him. Then why? Aren't you taking a lesson? O children of Adam. Allah is questioning. Why? Why don't you reflect upon this? Mercy come from him. And no one can give it to you but him. And no one can stop it from you but him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember all the bounty that he has given to you. There is none who can create beside him. He provides for you from the heaven and the earth. There is none worthy to be worshipped but him. Why then are you putting yourself in a position of disrepute? Why are you questioning things? And we do. You might think, well, we don't. When the student failed his exam and he thinks he has done everything, he said, why this happened to me? When people take from me a dua to read for Allah to open a door for them, and they try, 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 and nothing happened to them. And somebody else who didn't even try, get it? They say, I did everything. I didn't get anything. It's not your dua that gives. It's the giver that gives. It's a mercy. Please think like that. Because if you don't think like that, you think you can do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. Yeah? Don't think everything that you do is by your initiation. The idea may be, but the action is from Allah. Because Allah says, we have created you and what you do. All our actions are created. It is upon the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we receive them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran to remind us of this and show us that even the greatest ni'mah of the faith we have in him to live life and to appreciate it in Surah An-Nisa, the women, verse 83. Allah says, And if it is not for the bounty of Allah or the favor of Allah and his mercy, you would have all followed shaitan. Only few who will not be following him. Remember, when Allah created Adam and said to the malaika, prostrate for him, not at the physical body that they can see with their eyes, but at the spirit that made the physical body function and begin to speak and address Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and glorify him. If I brought a statue here, made from the mud and bent in the fire, and just a statue. Okay? And then suddenly I went, B. And suddenly he said, Assalamu alaikum. And became like all of us. You'll be wondering, like Isa alayhi salam, he used to take the mud and fashion it into a bird. And he said, Bismillah. And it flies. And there are some speeches of bird that Isa, by the permission of Allah, created and they are flying and they're living today. Yeah. Glory be to Allah. Allah says so. 
من الطين كهيئة الطير فيقول لها بإذن الله and he says to it by the permission of Allah fly not by his permission because he doesn't he's just a deputy in that which Allah has given to him to carry out in his life then Iblis who saw Adam at the mud he looked into him and judged him physically he refused everybody prostrate and Adam was standing there before Allah knowing it is him the spirit inside that this glory is for not the physical but that came from the earth Allah said to Iblis why don't you prostrate oh Iblis and he was the most obedient creature who came from the earth with the malaika he said I don't I don't prostrate for that which you create from the mouth this is like today you say I'm not sitting with him he's filthy he's dirty he's black He's Asian, he's Pakistani, he's African, he's, uh, oh, like the, the name people use today, I, I don't know them, but you have got categories I hear sometimes the children talk about them like Gora, Gore, Gore, whatever. <laughs> What's this? You're putting people in categories and, oh, we're not, we're not going to them, we're not sitting with them, we're not socializing with them. You know, this is arrogance. This is, this is the, 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 the sign of Iblis beginning to conquer a little bit of your heart. Move away from that. See everybody within. See the beauty within. See the complexity of the human within. Reflected upon the mercy of the human. And I'll speak at this at the end. Now, Shaitan then said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he said to him, immediately Allah turned to him and said to him, Allah said to him, Ukhruj. Get out. Imagine one mistake. One mistake and he was thrown out of the mercy of Allah. And it, it, it killed him because he loved Allah so much, Iblis. And he believes in him. And he worships him like no other creature living on the earth. Why Allah throw him because of a mistake? Just said, La. How many mistakes we, we do? But because he was in the highest position. Just like a mistake made by a private in the army or a general. A private, his hair will be shaven, put into a, locked in a prison somewhere for a day or two or a month, then he can do his job. A general, he will be thrown out. Because he's not fit to lead. Iblis lived with the Malaika in the first, second, third, until the seven heavens. Lived in a world whereby he saw things that no man will ever see. And so the creation of the first man. And refused to bow, and all the Malaika bowed before him. So, that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has thrown him out. And you should always think of that because Allah did not see in him a show of mercy. So Allah said, اخرج منها فإنك لعين فإنك رجيم وعليك لعنتي ليوم الدين Get out of my mercy for you have been put down and my curse will be upon you until the day of judgment. And then he said, Oh Allah, can I just ask one thing? Now there, when Allah has shown him mercy in the second one, Allah said, yes, what do you want? He said, just grant me one thing. What do you want? Allow me to live to the end. Allah knows why he wanted that. Allah said to him, why? He said, فَبِعِزَّتِكَ By your might and honor, I promise you, O Allah, the children of this 
creature you created, I will misguide all of them. Look at this jealousy. Okay? This is like you are saying to somebody, Alright, you did this for me, I am going to make sure, not just you, you and your family, your children, your descendants, to the future, I'm going to destroy every one of you. That is rage inside your heart. You're not human then, you're shaitan. Because the human never have that kind of thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, okay, if you can do that, and this is your intention, carry on. You're free, carry on. You have a choice. Illa ibadi. However, only my servant. Laysa alayhim, alayhim sultan. You have no power over them. Who are these ibad? The righteous, the prophets, and the messengers. But, subhanallah, a lot of us who are not included in this, we still get that mercy. Can you imagine in the Day of Judgment, the one who have a fraction of an atom weight of Iman in his heart and have not done any good and have done every evil, and he went to the hellfire, and he's the last human to be brought out of the hellfire, will be given a paradise ten times as big as this earth from the mercy of the hereafter. The 99 portion, the 99% under the name Rahim. How merciful Allah is. These are things that you should never just path without thinking and reflecting upon. Allah is so merciful. Okay? So, shaitan, Allah said about him, here in this verse, and if it is not for the favor of Allah or his bounty upon you, the majority of you will be following his path, only few. But because of that bounty, Allah has allowed people like us not being among the righteous or the prophet or the messengers, to be included in that mercy of this dunya so that we can have a chance to use the 99% mercy for the hereafter if we can awaken ourselves. But many of us are asleep or dead inside. Of the mercy of Allah that sometimes we are not really thinking about is wind. What we call in Arabic, rih or riyah. When there is a wind outside or a hurricane, we get very upset. But subhanAllah, like last night, last night it was very windy. If anybody was awake last night after 12 o'clock in the night, yeah, it was really windy. Some trees are fallen. Yeah. But some people might swear at it and say, oh, terrible weather. But without that, we will not get the rain that will make this country green and the water that we drink. Can you imagine if Britain have got no water coming from the heaven, we will not be able to drink. We're going to die. And this beautiful land will be just a desert. So the rain can only come when the clouds are brought. There are verses, I'm not going to read them for you, in the Quran telling you Allah, from His mercy, has initiated wind to bring together clouds. And He will take them wherever He wishes to show mercy to the people, the creatures who are living in that land, and the land itself. So that it can blossom. From His mercy, the night and the day. You might ask, how? Imagine if we don't have night and day. If it is all day, when are we going to rest? And if it is all night, when are we going to go out and work and look after ourselves and enjoy ourselves? Once it is dark, you are in. Once it is light, you are out. If it is all light, we will all be out and until we drop, tired or dead. And if it is all in, we are just going to be sleeping all the time. We do not hibernate, are we? We are not like frogs. Yeah? Frogs, 
they can hibernate sometimes and then once water comes yeah, in africa you see, you see them filling the pond making the noise oh, 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 oh. Yeah? <laughs> making dhikr Allah, 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 Allah. okay and then suddenly they dry out because there's no water so they dig themselves and believe me once water comes subhanallah they come alive again what a wonderful thing what happened to them only Allah knows okay one of the mercy of Allah is health. Look at all of you. You managed to leave your home, to drive or to ride and to come here, to sit here. Healthy. How many people are in hospital? How many people are who are sitting at home? They cannot even leave in their bedroom. They can't walk. Okay, they can't clean themselves because they don't have arms or their arms are not functioning. They can't see, they can't hear, or they can't think. Alhamdulillah ala al Praise be to Allah for the bounty of being healthy. Very important. Walghina, contentment. When you're content, you're not frightened, you're not worried where are you going to get the next meal from. When you're content, you are reassured within, Allah is with me. I'm working according to his plan. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no will nor power only by Allah. That's it. You are leaving it to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of his mercy, marriage. Imagine if there is no marriage. Life will become very miserable. This always reminds me of Adam when he was alone. And looking at the malaika in groups. Worshipping Allah. And he was just alone. In the most beautiful surrounding, Jannah. But yet he was not content. Allah said to him, what's wrong? You have everything. He said, yes, I'm so grateful, O oh Allah. Glory be to you. But they are all together. <laughs> then Allah from him. Okay? He created Hawa. And it is beautiful. Allah said in the Quran, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeeb. This is Surah Al-Rum, the Romans, verse 21. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَغَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمًا And of his signs, he had created for you from yourself partners so that you can dwell with them or live with them and he made between you mercy between you there is mercy so the relationship between a man and a woman is built upon mercy but the person whom you choose to be your partner is always the person whom Allah wants him or her to be with you if they are not the same they will never remain. You will separate. Because Hawa was created from Adam. And I believe for every Adam there is a Hawa. Until you find Hawa, you're not going to rest. Some of us might not find Hawa in this world. May Allah give it to us in the hereafter. And many ladies might never find Adam here. May Allah give, give them Adam in the hereafter. Yeah? Because it is not easy. Imagine. Therefore Allah made a system for this and that's another topic to speak about okay this creator almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala okay who said this he said kataba rabbukum ala your lord had written it upon himself to always show mercy not anger your lord had written it upon himself to always be merciful a man walked into the prophet sallallahu alaihi majlis and sat before him and he asked the Prophet ﷺ the question 
your Lord, O Muhammad remembers Nick And the Prophet said to him, Yes. He asked the Prophet, How does he make this dhikr? And the Prophet said to him, Your Lord remembers and says to himself, القدوس, I am the most holy, I am the most glorified. Rahmati غضبي, indeed my mercy has come before my anger. This is Allah's zikr to remind himself that he is the most merciful whatever situation you find yourself in and you are frightened of his wrath or anger upon yourself, remember his mercy. He is the most merciful. Hence, from that mercy came to us forgiveness. And the most merciful among us as human beings are the most forgiving. And in this, Rasulullah says clearly in many ahadiths, number one, he says, Ar-Rahimun Rahman. Those who show mercy, the most merciful show them mercy. Those who show mercy, the most merciful will show them mercy. That means if you don't show mercy, you will never be shown mercy. He said it himself in a hadith as well. Man la yarham, la yurham. The one who will not show mercy will never, ever, ever be shown mercy. If you are wicked, you will only receive the result of that. If you are harsh, it will be harshness that you will receive. If you are miserable, you will only receive misery. Nothing else. Show mercy, you will be shown mercy. The Prophet says, Irhamu man fil ardi, yarhamkum man fil sama. Because you are dwellers of this earth, you are earthlings, show mercy to those who are with you on the earth, the one in the heaven will definitely show you mercy. Because that is his way. His mercy came before his anger and he wants you to show that mercy. Therefore, show it to those who are living around you or with you on this earth. He has prescribed mercy upon himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Rum, the Romans again, verse 50, Allah said, فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمُحْيِي الْمَوْتَ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam For you and your people And those you are delivering the message to Remind them That they should look At the athar Okay At the manifestation of mercy On this earth How it become alive When Allah bring forth the rain from the heaven You go to Africa It is dry in some part of Africa Dry, nothing in it and he said, God, it doesn't look very nice. What's going to happen? And suddenly when the rain comes, and you come it's four weeks, five weeks, six weeks later, it becomes so beautiful. And every creature that you have never seen in your life is there. Birds will fly from all over Europe to come and have a holiday in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Before the human comes there, yeah, Russian birds, European Allah. When I was young, we used sometimes to catch them and you find little metal pieces because they are trying to see where they travel or go to and we find written either in English or Russian or German or whatever. And you see, and then we let them go. Different bears. They're bathing, they're sunbathing, they're enjoying themselves. They're getting married, they're having children. <laughs> and there, the human follow. The good thing is, the human, when they come, 
Okay? They bring benefit. And the bears, when they kill, they bring also benefit. Alaykum as-salamu alaykum Come in. Okay? Indeed, in this, there is a sign. The one who have brought life from the earth is the one who will definitely bring those who are dead now as humans to life in the day of judgment. If you don't have understand the concept of Allah bringing the dead to life, then look at the earth when it is dead. And one of the things that you could do, maybe you didn't travel to dry land or dead land, or you haven't seen this. If I have my way, all those who have troubles uh, in the curriculum of the school, I will do this. Let the children to travel, to, to live life, to live nature. Get yourself a little pot, put dust on it, and put a seed on it, and water it every day. I promise you, you will see how beautiful it is. No, this little seed from it come little shoot, and it's amazing. In my drive, every day I try to pull them out, and they come from the cement. <coughs> How this little soft thing break the cement? But even further, when I traveled in mountains, they shoot from the rock. Can you imagine this soft little shoot that you can break with your two fingers can break a piece of rock through its own strength by the will of Allah. That is through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So when you want to know how Allah creates things, look at the dead land, how Allah brings life from it. Why? Because Allah is able to do anything and everything. We are not. But Allah is able to do anything. And therefore, when you wake up in the morning, your Prophet, peace be upon him, taught you to say, and myself, Alhamdulillah. The first thing you say. Once you open your eyes, don't worry about your legs moving or not. Don't worry about your stomach is going to digest your food or not because you're thinking of breakfast then. Don't think of, okay, your mind is going to be wise enough to go and do the job or not. Think you are alive. So the very thing you're going to say, Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. Why should you say that? Because he gave your life back. Alhamdulillah, الذي أحياني بعدما أماتني وإليه النشور Praise be to Allah, the one who brought me to life after he has taken my life away and to him with my resurrection. What a wonderful thing. You don't just read the dua for no reason. Understand why the Prophet used to say them. And this is a sign of mercy of Allah to bring you back to life. If he can bring you from the sleep. How many people go to sleep and never wake up? How many times? How many people leave home to go to work and never come back? So we think, are we sure we're going to go back home? I'm not sure. If Allah wants to take my life, anytime. It is in his hands, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Ibrahim, alayhi salam, one of the most beautiful messengers to read a story about in the Quran. His story is unique because he is such a man who have absolute assurance in his heart there is none worthy to worship but Allah. He was the never, 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 never taken away from the path. He was never a mushrik. Allah said he was never. He never associated anything but Allah with himself. The malaika came to him and they gave him the good tiding that his old wife who could not give children and imagine he is hundreds of years old and his wife as well, an old woman and Hajir had a baby, and Hajir went to live in Mecca, and her son is big. And now, after all these years, when she said, no, I'm barren, I can't have children, said, we're giving you the good news, your wife is going to have a child. What did she do? She laughed. <laughs> I'm an old woman. 
go home to your grandmother and say to her, Grand, how old are you? I'm 90. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> have you ever seen in the street a grandmother walking pregnant? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, and you can't imagine it. So she laughed, and all women come. But the Malaika said, They said to him, O Ibrahim, we have given you the good tiding of the truth. Do not be of those who will despair. Here, not to him, because he already have a son to her. Don't despair. Why? Because the mercy of Allah is always closest to those who do good. Inna rahmatullahi qareebun min al-muhsineen. And him and his wife, they were the best in doing good to people. As long as you are striving to help anything and everything, Allah will help you. That is the science here. Okay? Qal, this is what he said. Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Salam. Qal, wa man yaqnut min rahmatillah? Illa al-dallum. And who will despair of the mercy of Allah? Only those who have left the past and went astray. So whenever you find yourself in a position of despairing, and it's a very bad position to be in, then you are in a position of error, in a position of misguidance, of dalal. This link with you to know yourself, am I in the right path or not? I'm telling you one thing. If you suddenly find yourself despairing, you have taken your exam many times and you failed, uh, I'm not going to pass. Then you are not in the right path. You have tried business many times and you failed, uh, I'm not going to be a businessman. Why should you despair? Who said to you, you're going to be a businessman today? There are some people try, 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 until they're before they die, one year, two years, they become very rich. Then they die. It's not written then, it's written later. So don't, Manage the time the way you want. Allow Allah to manage it for you. You have not shot O Muhammad when you shot in the battle, but Allah allowed you to shoot. Or Allah shot for you. So whenever you plan or plot, don't think you are the planner or the plotter. Leave him to carry out your plan for you. And they do plot, but Allah does his own plotting, and Allah is the best of those who plot or plan. Always leave the plan to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, Rasulullah out of mercy to us, he said, Okay? Whosoever says, there is no will nor power but by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most high, the most glorified. A hundred times. Repeat it. Ninety-nine doors of test will be closed before you. Except for one. And that is the door of death. When death comes your way, you can't say to Israel, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Arjuk, I beg you. <laughs> I, just, I just need one year more. People did. People did, and uh, the, the Prophet did. Sayyidina Musa used to do all the time. Whenever he comes to him, please let me live more. Because he felt he didn't fulfill his message. Until a time when he came to him in the form of a man, he said to him, Musa, because when the Malaika come, they come in their form, and it's different. Like Gibril used to come to the Prophet, sometimes like a man. The Prophet taught us, 
he used to look like a man called Duhya, Al-Kalbi. Very handsome man. Very beautiful. And when Jibril used to come, he used to take his shape so that the people don't know who is this. They think it is just Duhya, but he was Jibril. So he came to him in a swarm of man. He said to him, they talked, they did this and that. And I said, by the way, I'm taking your life. What? Uh, this time I'm taking it. And they started fighting. They were quarreling until he poked his eye. It's, it's a hadith reported in Bukhari. Some people say, well, well this hadith is life in Bukhari. <laughs> you need to think twice. It's true hadith. This is Allah's way. Testing. Sayyidina Musa. He's a human being after all. Wasn't he born and his mother put him in the river? Wasn't he raised by the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Didn't he kill one of the Egyptian people? Didn't he run away and had nothing after all that riches? Didn't he slip under a tree and had nothing to look for? But then, didn't he see the girls standing, tired under the heat, wanting to water their animals, take water to their families, and the men were fighting over the water, and out of him came mercy. He went and asked them, why to go and water your animal and go home? It's going to get dark. In a while, he said, we can't. Why? Look at the men, how they are fighting over the water. And we are women. We can't fight with the men. We stand away. He says, by Allah, you are wonderful people to the two girls. You must have been brought up well. For indeed, women shouldn't fight with men, but men should show the way to women first. As they say in this country, ladies first. But ladies always are last. So he looked around and Allah shown him a well that is there, but there is a huge rock, not just a small rock, a huge rock that cannot be maneuvered, covering a well. He said to them, why don't you drink from there? He said, but look at this rock, who will move this rock? Men cannot move it. No men in our area here can move it. Oh well. He didn't know he, because messengers have power. You know that messengers, when they walk on the dust or the sand, they don't leave an ether. They don't leave a mark. But when they walk on the rock, they leave a mark. That's why when you go to Mecca and you see Maqam Ibrahim, you see on the rock there is a sign of the foot. Have you seen it? In the picture even. Okay? So subhanallah, it's amazing. He went and moved the rock. Because they can move mountains, the prophets. He moved the rock. And the men tried to come here. He told them, no. If you were polite enough, merciful enough, kind enough, you should have let them first, let them drink. So they took water, they drank, and they went early home. Their father asked them, Shu'aib what brought you early home? And they're eager, excited. There is a man, and he's a stranger, and he was so wonderful, dad, and there are many of them. None of them is married. And dad, he had got such a beautiful character, he did this, he did that. The father knew the message. This is the man he was supposed to receive to teach, to go and change the world in Egypt. Go and bring him back. One of them went and brought him back. Look at the politeness of this man. When a man is walking with a woman, they can either walk next to one another, if they're not married, or the woman should walk in the back. Many of us, when we see the Bengali people, a Bengali man walking in the front, his wife walking in the front, say, or his daughter, or what is this? This is just because of the tradition. A stranger man should not walk behind a woman because as a man, he will be focusing only on one thing, how she looks. Mm-hmm. And that shaitan then can put things in your heart to do that which you should not do at all. 
even thinking bad about the woman. Okay? So she was walking in front of him. He told her, look, direct me, but walk behind me. That gave her the understanding this man is a good man. So when they went home, her father realized and read her that she would love to marry him for the quality that he has. She found the deen in him. So subhanAllah, her father then said to him, you can stay with me for I have no son and you can marry one of my daughters. But your mahr, your dowry, is to stay with me eight years to be my son, to serve me and help me. And if you make them ten, it's good for you. And he did. He married and he stayed with Sayyidina. But subhanAllah, when he went back to the desert, he spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he went back to Egypt, he had ten miracles to show. And the greatest of them is opening the sea. With all this, he did not succeed. When he took Bani Israel back to Jerusalem, after all the mistakes they made, they asked them to say, Hitta, oh Allah, put down our sin or wipe away our sin. They went in saying, Hinta, barley, barley. Allah said to him, say to them, say hitta, but they said hinta. So we don't make jokes with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam quarreled with the angel of death because he felt he did not deliver the message. In fact, at the end, he had to wander in the desert for 40 years. He died over 600 years old alayhi salam. Why I told you this story? Look at the mercy of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam who was not taught the deen by any teacher of Quran or scripture at that time and he was brought in the house of Pharaoh and with the harshness and he was lying and saw the girls as being vulnerable nobody is helping them and he went to help them don't you think that is wonderful that when you show mercy you will be shown mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown him the highest quality of mercy وَإِذَا أَذَقْنَا النَّاسَ رَحْمَةً فَرِحُوا بِهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَإِذَا أَذَقْنَا النَّاسَ رَحْمَةً فَرِحُوا بِهَا وَإِن تُصِبْهُمْ سَيَأَةٌ بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ إِذَا هُمْ يَقْنُطُونَ Surah Al-Rum, the Romans, verse 36 And when we show mankind mercy, they are rejoicing When you pass your exam, you are happy When you get married, you are having a party when you come back from a trip or a journey, you're having a feast and inviting your friend. Everything that comes to us when suddenly you, you are told you are sick and now you are healthy, you're going to feast. You are happy. Okay? That's what Allah is, Allah is telling us by nature. But if suddenly you are conflicted by a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially if it is a sin that we commit that led us to a trouble, we stole, we went to prison, we killed somebody, Okay, and we are being judged to be killed. Okay, we slander somebody and we are being told off for it. Okay, whatever we do in wrong by our own kind of doing, okay, then we despair. If Allah is testing you rather than despairing, you need to look into the mercy of Allah because He's calling you. Didn't He say in the Quran, Fafirru ila Allah, do escape to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must rush to him. You must run to him. He's waiting for you. He wants you. If suddenly you find yourself in difficulty, they say, oh my God, why me? 
Many of us do this. Rather than doing that, rush. Abdullah ibn Umar al-Khattab being one of the most greatest men of pondering and thinking of the teaching of the Prophet through the Quran, he says, we have learned from the Prophet that we never were confronted by any dilemma. Only that we should make wudu and pray two rag'ahs of salah and turn to Allah and seek his forgiveness and ask of his mercy. لَقَدْ تَعَلَّمْنَا مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم مَا هَمَّنَا أَمْرٌ إِلَّا وَرَكَعْنَا لِلَّهِ رَجْعَتَانِ ثُمَّ تُبْنَا إِلَيْهِ وَسَأَنَّا حَاجَتَنَا Very, very important to think of this. Don't panic, don't rush. Suddenly you hear any bad news, do that. But we panic. And we think. And by the way, it's not your body that panics. The body might receive some of the uh, ether of the fear inside because the fear is spiritual. Your knees might wobble. Your stomach might run. You want to run to the toilet. Your sweat might <laughs> fill okay, buckets. Your tears might uh, become a river. Out of fear, you can cry, whatever. People, out of fear, they can pass water. I see children in exam, not children, adults, when I was teaching secondary school, Okay, up to A-level age, Allah, I have seen some young men. When the exam is stopped and they know they're going to fail, they push on them out of fear. I had once a student and we had a, a subject called Insha. Okay. And he was supposed to, composition, and he was supposed to write a title. And they give you one word and you write about it. So we always train them. And they can give you a sama the heavens, and you have to write about it from your head. Unless you have some knowledge. How could you write an article about it? So that year, the subject came at Jamal, the camel. If you don't know what the camel is, how are you going to write? So he said, <laughs> he was crying. And the whole area, it's a big school in King's Road, Chelsea, Glebe. Yeah? Glebe Street, next off Chelsea, off, off uh, King's Road. It's a beautiful school. And he was crying and all, and it was calm. And the teachers who were looking after the students in that hall, they came rushing to me because I was the one who was responsible for the exams. What's wrong? They come, come. And I went there, and this big guy. <laughs> and to my, to my amazement, I went to him and said to him, What's wrong? I just remember my grandmother. I said, What happened to grandmother? She died two years ago, and she just, I just came across to me. I said, she died two years ago. I remember Hannah. It's not her, it's exam. And he was one of those children who never listens. You tell them to do, he never does anything. Regret is not good. You better do. Allah said in the Quran, tell them to act upon what they believe in. Do it. Don't say, well, I believe in it, but I don't have energy, I don't have time. No, no, no. Get yourself. You have time because all the night is yours. Okay? That's why the worshippers worship in the night. The night is yours. No employee is telling you, no, no, leave your bed and come to work. No. Every rushing, every. Nobody invites you to come to a party at 2 o'clock in the morning or a wedding at 3 o'clock in the morning. Have you ever heard of that? No. People know there is a time for rest, so the night is night. Nothing is done. There is a limit, maybe up to 12 o'clock. The rest is yours. But during the day, everyone, even the birds, they live in the morning, but you don't see birds and animals in the night, only the owls and the foxes in London. 
And even they, they are doing it in a hidden way so that nobody can see them. Okay? The last question, and we're going to finish with, when are we shown mercy? And when should we show mercy? Alright? This is really important. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين Indeed, the mercy of Allah is closest to those who always do good. Whenever you are doing good, you are in the position of receiving mercy. Anything you want from Allah is coming. And therefore, the Prophet has told us that there are occasions when we can receive that mercy. For us as Muslims, yes, imagine reciting the Quran yourself or somebody else is reciting it. Or you are listening, somebody putting it in a tape or a CD, whatever. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له If the Quran is recited, listen to it. But sometimes we don't want to listen. وأنصت If you don't want to listen, then be silent. Why should we do that? لعلكم ترحمون Perhaps, maybe you will be shown mercy. So from today, Wherever you hear the Quran is recited, listen to it. But if you are not in the position to listen, you're doing something else, then be silent. Don't talk. Perhaps, maybe, you will receive mercy. Because if you don't do that, as if you are saying to Allah, I don't need mercy. That's the idea. Every time the Quran is recited. Number two, whenever you are walking on this earth, and you are receiving, alaykum salam, come in, rain, don't question it. Don't be angry about it. Don't worry about it. Remember, as I said earlier on, it is of the mercy of Allah. And Rasulullah said, that's the time when you can ask Allah, and Allah will give you. So, when the rain is coming, it's a time when you can receive mercy. Another time, Rasulullah taught us before the dawn or the break of dawn, your Lord is closest to you. For he wants you to take off your time of resting your physical bodies to give into your spiritual bodies by turning to him. He is there calling upon you saying, Is there anyone of you who is asking so I can answer them? Is there anyone seeking to be forgiven? So I shall forgive, and so on. What are we doing? Snoring. And therefore in Ramadan, before the fasting begins at the break of dawn, Allah instructed the Prophet They should take some provision. But we are more indulging in the physical provision than the spiritual. So what we do, we get up the last 10-15 minutes, half an hour and the kitchen, here we come. <laughs> the curry and the couscous and the chicken and, and that's it. <laughs> Not realizing that the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling and you have a chance in a month to do it every day. Not remembering that Ali ibn Abi Talib was told by the Prophet okay? Whosoever get up and pray two raga'at in the middle of the night Two rag'as in the middle of the night, whosoever does that, will receive the best thing. 
خير من الدنيا وفيها better than this world and everything in it يا علي he said to him oh علي رجعتان في جوف الليل خير لك من الدنيا وفيها two رجعات you pray in the middle of the night better for you than this world and whatever in it if Allah bring you in the day of judgment said to you shall I send you back to the earth and give you the earth and everything in it or shall I give you the reward of those two رجعات you prayed you say no I want the two رجعات because there they are without burden here everything with a burden happiness is not easy it comes with sadness light comes with darkness good comes with evil faith comes with disbelief do you understand this is what we have all of us have these things within ourselves but we need to navigate our path by understanding the knowledge within those things they have told you so that you can feel the contentment within your heart يا ايتها النفس المطمئنه ارجعي الى ربك راضيه مرضيه او يو هوز ترانكول اور ان ستيت اوف ترانكوليتي الله سبيكن تو ذا نفس هي تو ذا روح ريتين تو يور لورد راضيه اكسبتينج هيز ويل مرضيه بين اكسبتد باي هيم اس هاف ساتيسفايد هيز ديوتيز اون ذيس ايرث وادخلي في عبادي ان بي امونجز ماي سيرفنت وادخلي جنتي ان انتر انتو ماي جاردن ذيس وات وي وونت تو بي ان If we don't come into that category, then may Allah help us to be a very big, difficult thing. All right. Allah said in the Quran, "Qul bi fadlillahi wa bi rahmatihi, fabi dalika falyafrahu huwa khairum mimma yajmaun." Say to them, O Muhammad, in receiving Allah's bounty or His mercy, in that they should rejoice. It is better for them than what they gather of the earthly thing that they do or they build for themselves. Okay, Surah Yunus. Verse 58. So this verse tells me mercy is something that we should rejoice in. Mercy is something that we should be grateful to Allah for. Mercy is something that we need to really ultimately think about all the time as the best thing we have received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it can only be given to you by Allah, as I said at the beginning. And the proof for this is Surah Al-Kahf, verse 65. When Khidr السلام, became the teacher of Musa السلام, when Musa said, I am the most knowledgeable, Allah said, no, you are not. Maybe you are a prophet, maybe you are a messenger, maybe you are speaking to me all the time and addressing me. He is one of you to speak to Allah direct. Imagine if you have a line with Allah, suddenly you want to speak, oh Allah, I want this or that. Musa was lucky. Anything he wanted, he talked to Allah direct. But Allah said to him, no, never say, I am the best in anything. So inshallah, I am trying to my best of ability To do the best. That's the idea. But never say you are the best. When he says that, Allah said to him, "Go and find the man, one of our servants, who is not a prophet, not a messenger, but he is more aware and knowledgeable than you." And you know the story of Khidr alayhi salam with Musa. What did Allah say about that in the Quran? Allah said, "فَوَجَدَ عَبْدًا مِنْ عِبَادِنَا." Both of them together, Musa and Khidr, have found a servant from our servants. أَتَيْنَاهُ رَحْمَةً. We have given him. Mercy. From where? Allah said from ourselves. Because that man, Allah is directly employing him to do what Allah wants. He carried the will of Allah on the earth. He killed the boy because Allah told him to kill him. He dug the boat and made a hole in it because Allah told him to do it. He built the wall. But why did he do it? Out of mercy. So you could do sometimes things that can be evil, but they are out of mercy. Just like the mother. When her child does something wrong, and out of herself come a rage, and she slapped the child, and the child is crying, and then she hugged him. Oh, so sorry. 
She didn't have done that. You see? That slap didn't come out of hatred, out of love, because she didn't want to see her child to do the wrong. Yeah? So we don't blame her for doing that, because she didn't mean it. She shouldn't do it. But she did it. She's human. She made a mistake. But she have covered her mistake by cuddling her child and saying, look, I'm so sorry. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيْنْ أَذَغْنَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنَّا رَحْمَةً ثُمَّ نَذَعْنَاهَا مِنْهُ إِنَّهُ لَيَأُوسٌ كَفُورٌ If we have shown the human mercy, then we have taken it away from him, then he is despairing. Okay? Rejecting us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala suddenly bestow upon you any mercy, and then suddenly Allah takes it away, you're not going to feel Alhamdulillah. Allah has given and Allah has taken. Very few people say that. Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. This is the way. Praise be to Allah for every condition I find myself in. Praise be to Allah for every condition I find myself in. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَهْلِ النَّرِ And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of the people of the fire. This is the way you should think all the time. Okay? وَلَئِنْ أَذَغْنَاهُ نَعْمَا بَعْدَ ضَرَّا مَسَّتْهُ لَيَقُولُنَّ ذَهَبَ السَّيَاتُ عَنِّي إِنَّهُ لَفَرِحٌ فَخُورٌ And if we have shown him okay, mercy through a bounty that we provide for him after a difficulty that he has confronted himself with or a trouble he put himself into, because Allah never put you in trouble, you put yourself into, then he will say, oh, the evil has gone away from me. He is happy, Allah says, and proud. Pride is not an attribute of man. Pride is an attribute of shaitan. Don't be proud. Be grateful. Because the way to show gratitude to Allah is to accept that mercy come from him. And he is the ultimate mercy. And Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the way to mercy. Now I'm going to finish my talk by reciting the verse which shows that. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وما أرسلناك إلا رحمة للعالمين And we have not sent you only as a mercy to the world, to all creation. At the beginning I began if you take the mercy as one entity and divide it into 100, one for the existence of the lower world, the fairest world, this life, and 99 for the hereafter. Subhanallah. In the hereafter, if you read, everyone will be coming up from the ground, frightened and worried. Everyone will be running from one another. The hellfire will come and it will throw sparkles upon us frightening us and the prophet will be running looking for Adam for Ibrahim for Nuh wanting a solution wanting and what happens they will all end up through Isa's advice alayhi salam coming to Muhammad salam. each messenger will say I can't do I made a mistake I didn't do this right only Isa will tell them look there is only one man in this situation who can solve this problem who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. why? Because he understood. He brought the news about him. Allah said about him in the Quran, Isa was the one who brought the good tidings to his people by telling them, and I am giving you the good tidings about a messenger who will come after me. His name will be the praised one, Ahmed. So he knows. Allah said, we have sent him only as a mercy. So they will go to him, and he will say, 
I am for this day. أنا لها. And he will go and prostrate before Allah. And he will ask Allah to show mercy. And Allah will say to him, because you are the mercy today, raise. And ask and you will be given. And he will not get up and say, oh Allah, save me, my parents, my family, my companions. No, no, no. And punish all those evil ones. This is what we do as human beings. When we see the people we don't like, the people we have a dispute with, we are angry with, let them go away. Well, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to know anything about them. Let them be punished. Only those whom we love. Muhammad Sallam is the mercy. He wants us to be like him. He will salvage everyone who have an atom or a fraction of an atom weight of Iman in their heart from the hellfire. He says, my mercy in the day of judgment to the people who have committed the big sin in, in the dunya or in this world here. Anybody who did evil in this world, he is there to show them mercy because there is an abundance of mercy through him, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is, so when people ask me, the Rahma, the 99 Rahma, what is it in the Day of Judgment? I always tell him it is Muhammad. He is the Rahma. How do we know that? We know that because he says it in the Hadith. He says, a man from the people of the past will come before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has not done any sin, small or big, in his life. And everything Allah commanded him to do, he did an extra. He is one of the best worshippers. His book is absolutely exalted. The highest. Allah is testing him then. Abdi, my servant, would you like to enter my gardens through what you have done and you have done the best and I'm pleased with you or through my mercy? Here I think Muhammad he says, oh Allah, pride came in. I'm successful. Like, you know, when the students go to university and they wear the garment and they stand, they say, oh, take pictures. <laughs> I did it my way. <laughs> Subhanallah. The man, the pride came into him and said to Allah, through my actions. Allah will say, put his action on the mizan, on the scale. Oh, my servant, to the malaika, bring one of the bounties through the mercy I gave to him. They bring his sight. They put it, it will go. He, because was a good man here, and he was an excellent man before Allah, Allah shown him mercy then. Because there's no test there. The test is in this world. Allah lifted that and gave him some mercy. He prostrated immediately and said, ya Rabbi. Through your mercy, please help me. Allah will set him raise. Go to heaven. Don't you ever think your salah is going to take you to heaven. Don't you ever think your dhikr is going to take you to heaven. Don't you ever think any good you have done will take you to paradise or will be that means of key to paradise. The only thing is faith. That's why we say, La ilaha illallah, miftahul jannah. La ilaha illallah is the key to paradise. Once you know Allah, but you cannot know Allah without a messenger. For us, it's Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us in the hadith then لن يدخل الجنة أحدا بعمله none will enter paradise through his action إلا أن يتقمده الله برحمته only if Allah can show him his mercy so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown that man his mercy 
and he went to paradise. May Allah show me and show you his mercy. May Allah allow me and allow everyone will love his mercy. May Allah allow all the human who are living on the earth today his mercy. And may Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the day of judgment be the one who will show us mercy to be among those who will be shown mercy by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma rabbi anna min abidika ar-rahma warhamna birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Rabbana nzur ilayna ba'ayn ar-rahma. Rabbana nzur ilayna ba'ayn ar-rahma. Rabbana nzur ilayna ba'ayn ar-rahma. Wa hina hayata as-su'ada wa amitna mitata as-shuhada. Wa hina ya rabbana yawm al-qiyamah thubrat al-umana wa as-salihin wa al-anbiya'i wa al-mursalin wa awridna hawda nabiyika al-mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sqina Allahumma yunushar wa tanadba ba'adaha abadan birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. الرحيمين ربنا كن بنا رحيم يا أرحم الراحمين وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمين وآله وسلم I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى through his mercy سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم to show our mercy upon all of us our parents may Allah forgive them those who are alive may Allah give them long life with obedience and may Allah allow them to be forgiving for us whatever we have done wrong may Allah forgive and allow it to be among the good deeds and those who have passed away may Allah raise them and give them the highest place in paradise and may he allow them to forgive us here and in the hereafter يا رب العالمين our brothers and sisters May Allah lead them into that which will make them better people All those we have wronged in this world May Allah forgive them And may Allah allow them to forgive us And may he subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for what we have done for them And oh Allah forgive our sin for whatever we have done in this world And show us mercy ya Rabbil Alameen Allahumma rabbi shfina wa afina wa afu anna Oh Allah show us ya Allah ya Rabbil Alameen Shifa and afia Heal us and cure us from all that which we do spiritually or physically To make us feel sick or ill Allahumma rabbi shina muslimin وامتنا مؤمنين وحينا في ذمة المحسنين واجعلنا من عبيدك المخلصين المخلصين ونجنا الله من الهم والغم والحزن والكرب العظيم. All those who are taking exam or going to take exam may Allah make it easy for them to pass their exam. All those who are married may Allah allow them to be close in marriage to one another and to show mercy to one another and to allow them to have children if they have no children. If they have children may Allah allow them to raise to be the best of children. All those who are not married may Allah allow them to be married يا رب العالمين. And all those who are seeking work may Allah allow them to be working يا رب العالمين. And all those who are trying to provide work for others may Allah allow them to provide work for others. And all those who are seeking tranquility of heart through doing that which Allah will be pleased with, may Allah allow them to do that. All the suffering people in the world, may Allah remove their suffering. All those who are seeking refuge, may Allah allow them refuge. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the people of this land who have hosted us and gave us tawfiq to live in this land, may Allah allow them to come to his path. And may Allah guide them. Anybody whom his family is not in the path, may Allah lead them to the path, Ya Rabbi Alameen. May Allah allow them to be in the path. And all those who have families or brothers or sisters or people whom they respect and they love who are not in the path, may Allah guide them to the path, Ya Rabbi Alameen. Allahumma rabbi hidina wa hadibina wa tub alayna wa tawallana ikhfir allahumma lana wa liwalidina wa salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim subhana rabbika rabbil adat amma yasifun wa salamun al mursalina wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha bismillahi rahman rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen rahman rahim malik yawmiddin iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in hidina surat al-mustaqim surat al-lazina an'amta alayhim ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim wa al-dhalim Asr now, I think it's Asr for some, for some it's not, but those who want to pray Asr, they can. Um, maybe the brothers can make, we'll do first, but I think there's less brothers than there are sisters, so you guys can go first. Um, just so you know, inshallah, um, Sheikh Badik will be starting a course here in the next few weeks. Inshallah. Um, inshallah, so I'll keep, um, if you're on the Rumi's Cave um, mailing list, or if you're on my fan page on Facebook, just keep, keep aware, because I'll be putting the word out soon, inshallah. 
And also, we're also looking for volunteers to be part of Rumi's Cave and to also be part of Old for Aid. So if you are interested, please email rumiescave at yahoo.co.uk just with your interest, inshallah. Thank you so much. Also, this is a free event, of course. It's welcome, everyone is welcome, but we do ask that you make a donation to the charity Old for Aid. Um, so please do that when you see a bucket coming in. Um, and after we pray, there's like teas and the beautiful pearls with some have made lots of cakes and loads of cupcakes and lots of nice things. So, inshallah, thank you. Anybody who wants to ask a question, they can ask. No, 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 it doesn't matter. While, while they're having the, with, with the time, I, I need to leave anyway. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was, that was How are you? How America? Did you enjoy your stuff? MashaAllah, MashaAllah, Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. The test he was going to go through with Bani Israel, his people, and with the Pharaoh. Assalamu alaikum, mashallah, how are you? I am, mashallah, I know her. How are you keeping? Are you well? Very nice to see you, mashallah. How are you, Sami? Are you well? May Allah bless you and look after you. Alhamdulillah, assalamu alaikum. Are you alright? Alhamdulillah. No, that's the idea. Bani Israel are wonderful people. They have done a lot of wrong, but they really brought a lot of things to our attention so that we can take the right path of ourselves okay, not to go the way they went and I think the 10 tests are for them and to the Egyptians how are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. how about America? he's very good, very productive alhamdulillah yes you can ask I think you need to close this did he close this? because where is he? I don't know how to close. Yahya? Do you know how to close this? Uh, Otherwise, we can record the, the private.